Hi everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Amanda Man Games podcast. This is my weekly gaming podcast where we discuss all things video games related. Tune in every week for new episodes and to support this show, please subscribe, comment and rate this podcast on your podcast platform of choice. You can email me any questions at amandamangames@gmail.com. That's amandamangames@gmail.com. All the various social media links will also be in the description. Now I might sound a little under the weather. My allergies have been acting up a little bit recently, so do I, I just bear with me for a little bit. It'll just be for this podcast. I hope I'm sure it'll go away in a couple of days. But we have a lot to discuss. A lot of things happening this week. I'm not sure why. Why the gaming gods decided to kind of put everything in this week, but whatever. You know what? We wanted gaming content. We wanted gaming news, and we got it. And the biggest one, I think, is of course the Sony announcements. That came out. There were a couple of announcements, and it was just from the most random place. Obviously, it's not technically random, but it was basically a interview between GQ, the GQ magazine, with Jim Ryan, who is the head of PlayStation Studios, or no, not PlayStation Studios, actually, just PlayStation in general. But it was just an interview with them, and somehow, and all of that, it was announced that PSVR two is coming. A lot of people thought that PlayStation VR was a one and done thing with the PS four. I really loved it. I bought it day one. And that was kind of my my entrance into PlayStation VR or just VR in general, and I loved it so much. Even now, I still have it. I don't use it as much because I do have an Oculus Quest, but it is such a worthwhile investment for someone who has a PlayStation and has never experienced VR. And it's a very cheap way to kind of get into VR. And obviously, after that, I wasn't sure if they would make a a, a sequel, a part two to the VR thing, just because. The PSVR sold quite a bit. I think it was a best-selling VR system for quite quite a while, but it just wasn't matching the amount of PS4s that were being sold. So I was like, okay, there's no way that Sony is like looking at this and saying, you know what, let's let's do a sequel, let's do another one. And then today it was announced that they are making a second one that first of all will connect with one wire to the PS5, which is amazing because if anyone has a PSVR, you know the struggles we go through. We have like eighteen different wires. Like it's it's so annoying, and that's one of the main reasons why I don't use my PSVR. There's so many games I want to play on my PSVR, like Blood and Truth, which is a Sony exclusive VR title. But because of all the wires, I'm just so lazy to kind of put everything together. You know, take it all apart once I'm done. It's just like okay, no, like why can't I just plug everything in in just one port and it's done? And that's what they're working at, which is even better. It doesn't. It seems like they'll go the Oculus Rift approach where the the newer one Oculus Oculus Rift S where basically it just connects to your PC and it has cameras all over the headset so it's able to kind of determine its position based off of that so you don't need a camera or whatever to kind of determine your position for the VR unit also with that they are also making uh, newer types of controllers it seems we don't know what those controllers will be like i'm assuming it'll be very close to the PS5 DualSense in a sense but it is of course not going to be those old school PS3 Move controllers that we had to use with the PSVR on the PS4 or also the PS5. So already lots of information coming from them. The other thing, obviously, was that more PlayStation games are coming to the PC. So we already had Death Stranding come out and Horizon Zero Dawn, and apparently there will be a number of games coming out this year, starting with Days Gone. So this is I I honestly see this a, as a very good move in general. Especially when you are launching games that have been out for two to three years, because 
those games aren't selling that much on the PlayStation either way. Like Days Gone, for example, I 100% don't think that that game's selling anymore on the PlayStation unit. Like I'm sure maybe a couple of people buy it here and there. It's available on the PS Plus collection on the PS5. But other than that, I just don't see it being something that people are like, okay, I need to buy a Days Gone because I just bought a PS4. It just kind of makes total sense to put it on Steam, get all these gamers that don't have a console, don't want to get a console, but we're interested in this game. And we've seen the success of Horizon Zero Dawn, even games like Death Stranding that are so successful. I can easily see them doing Uncharted. So like Uncharted, the trilogy, maybe Uncharted 4 will come out a little bit later. Uh, the Last of Us Part 1 for sure. So this way they'll get interest into these games. And then maybe, you know, in the future when there's a sequel for Uncharted or there's a sequel for The Last of Us or even for God of War Ragnarok, it's so easy for these PC gamers to say, you know what, I really like the first first game or the game that I just played. I could wait for two to three years and then PlayStation will put this on my on the PC. Or I could, if I find one, buy a PS5 and experience this game day and day. So I think it's a perfect thing to do. I don't see, I don't understand why they didn't do this before because it just totally makes sense. I think it's only when they start releasing PS5 games alongside the PC, like a PC version of it. I think that's when I kind of start questioning, kind of like with Microsoft, it's like, okay, then you're just kind of telling people not to really buy your console, just make a really nice PC and you're good. And PC is, in general, in my opinion, a way better investment than a console because there's so much more you can do with your PC. Like I'm recording this podcast on my PC. I started streaming on PC. Like there's just so much more use case off a PC. So it just makes more sense. Whereas with PlayStation, it's smart where it's like, I mean, again, we don't know what will happen in the future, but if all all they're doing is getting interest in older games and saying that, hey, this is what we have on the PlayStation side. You can wait for two to three years more for the sequel or, you know, for like uh, once they reach, uh, once it comes out on PS5, wait for three more years or four more years and that same game will be available for PC. Or, you know what? If you see it available, buy a PS5 and you can experience this and you will be in love with this game and the universe and whatnot, right? That makes a lot more sense to me. But of course, I'm not like a business analyst or anything like that. I have no idea. Like I could be completely wrong. But I mean, at least they are taking that direction from what I can tell. I think most of us obviously want Bloodborne to come to PC. Hopefully it does. My prediction is that what they will be doing is doing like a Bloodborne remaster. So not like a remake or anything like that, but just a remaster, like a 60 FPS version and probably sell it for like 30 or $40 for the PS5. I hope they don't do the Nintendo thing. Obviously we'll talk about that a little bit more because I do have a chip on my shoulder. But I do hope they do they release Bloodborne for the PC or even a PS5 or just something. Just let me play that game at 60 FPS. In terms of, you know, unfortunate news, of course, Gran Turismo was delayed. Uh, I don't know a lot of people that were excited about this game. I wasn't really because I, I never really played Gran Turismo, but I was interested in trying it out because, you know, when you get a new console, when you get any new system, you just want to play whatever games are available, you know, for it, especially exclusive games. So... Yeah, it got delayed to next year and they were citing uh, the pandemic and everything, of course. So it kind of makes sense. I think we'll see more delays and my prediction still stands about God of War and a couple of games that we made in an earlier episode. But Gran Turismo is uh, delayed, which is fine. We still have so many, you know, other games coming out. We have Returnal, we have Ratchet and Clank, and I'm sure there's a bunch of games coming out from PlayStation end of this year, even if it's a, if it's a couple, right? I'm sure there's other stuff ready. I mean, Horizon, but we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. So otherwise, after all that news com- comes out <laughs> through this GQ interview, 
we also find out that there is a state of play happening tomorrow. So today is February 24th, so February 25th, around 5 p.m. Eastern time is when this state of play will happen. And based on description, they're just going on going over updates on PS4 and PS5 titles. Uh, and I think, I'm not sure if there's any new announcements, but there could be. And I just want to go over some of my predictions, uh, what I think will happen based on just what I've seen and what I've read. So obviously they're going to be talking about a lot of PS4 games that came out already and maybe kind of announcing a PS5 patch or a PS5 version. I can easily see Final Fantasy VII Remake being a part of that. The Last of Us Part Two. Uh, they might even talk about factions or the multiplayer component for The Last of Us. So that 100% will be coming out. I only I already want to say, because this is my prediction from before as well, but there will 100% not be any God of War information. I know a lot of people are hungry for God of War news. I am. It's my favorite game of all time. I want the sequel, but I, like let's we just have to be honest. This game is definitely not coming out this year. I think they announced it a little bit too early. They showed that teaser with this year, and I think they should not have done that. But let's see, you know, crazy things have happened. Who knows, right? I think they might actually have a acquisition or an acquisition announcement. Uh, maybe Bluepoint, because it, it does seem like Bluepoint and Sony are pretty good, pretty good together. Uh, maybe even Kojima production. So I can easily see at least one of those uh, teams or one of those developers kind of coming under the Sony fold. And maybe them they, they're using this platform to kind of make that announcement. Maybe they usually don't do that. They just do that in a blog post. But... Look, I didn't even expect, I did not expect that we're going to get a state of play, like ever at this point. So I'm surprised that we're even getting something. So who knows? Uh, they're probably going to talk about lots of indies, stuff like Among Us or Hades or stuff like that. Like I'm sure they'll talk about all these games, maybe uh, coming to uh, PlayStation, stuff like that. There'll be trailers for Ratchet and Clank and Returnal, since those two are Sony exclusive and they are coming quite soon. And I think they will end the show with gameplay for Horizon Forbidden West because I think this is another game that a lot of people have been waiting for. A lot of us are excited for this game and it is kind of the premier title for this year even though in my opinion it's Ratchet and Clank. That's just me because I love Ratchet and Clank and just seeing that game, the way it works and the way it moves and everything like that, I'm like, yeah, this is a PS5 game whereas I think they've already announced that Horizon Forbidden West will be coming out on PS4 so it's not necessarily a, you know, a PS5 title, it is more of a cross-gen title. So like I in my opinion it's still Ratchet Clank, but I can I can definitely see them closing out the show, showing Horizon Forbidden West and officially announcing a an actual release date. And a, a lot of people were kind of talking about, you know, why they're kind of talking about all this stuff now in terms of announcements. And it always comes down to, you know, the quarterly reviews. Uh around March is what I've noticed for most video game companies when uh, when they're you know, year is up, their fiscal year is up basically. So it's kind of a way to appease the investors, get more investors on board, stuff like that. So it just, it makes sense for them to announce all this stuff up to kind of, you know, make every, all the stocks and everything uh, skyrocket. And us as gamers, after the GameStop stuff, I mean, I think we're pretty, we're pros when it comes to, you know, stocks and investments, stuff like that. So from this, we will move on to the recent Nintendo Direct and why something snapped inside of me after watching that. Nothing to do with the games. It was mainly to do with one game, and that was Skyward Sword HD. And this was a game that obviously I was quite interested in because so far I have played A Link's Awakening on the Switch and Breath of the Wild on the Switch, and I love both of those games. I have not played any other uh, Zelda games. I have tried Ocarina of Time, but I never finished it or I never really got into it properly. But I never, you know, I just wasn't in the mood at that time. 
now I'm in the mood of like, okay, I do want to experience these games. I do want to see what all the fuss is about. And I was like, you know what? Perfect. Like on the Switch, they'll probably release like kind of like the 3D All-Stars. They might release like three or four of these titles all in like a, a full full price game pack or something. Because in my brain, I was expecting like Skyward Sword HD, uh, Twilight Princess, and Wind Waker HD all put together. Here you go for $79.99 in, in Canada or $60 USD. Instead, they're doing an HD remaster and you can you can look at screenshots and, and video comparisons of the HD remaster from the original version. Like the difference is like small. Like it's it's there obviously, it's, it's up-res and everything like that. But that's about, it's nothing, it's nothing mind-blowing. So I'm like, you're just literally uprising this and you're asking people for money. And obviously it's just, you know, it's on the bestsellers list for Amazon, for Best Buy. And that's the problem because people just keep buying this. And I don't know, something just snapped inside of me that I was just like, you know what? Let me, let me just look up Nintendo Wii U's because Nintendo Wii U was a great system in a way. It had a number of games come out that we have seen ported to the Nintendo Switch and do way, way better. Uh, most of the Nintendo Switch library is full of you know Wii U titles, let's be honest. And I thought, you know what? what it, is the Wii U eShop, is Wii U still kind of functional right now? Is it still a thing that's active? And I found out that yes, it is. Not only that, the Nintendo Wii U also has the eShop still live. So when you go to the eShop, you have games that you can get from the NES, the SNES, the Game Boy, the Nintendo 64, the Nintendo DS, the Nintendo Wii, and of course, the Nintendo Wii U. I don't know why the, there's no GameCube in it, but you have all of these amazing systems that most of us grew up with, and you can play any game. I think it's, I think it's any, I, I think it might be like, obviously like not all, but if you are thinking of a game that's quite popular, like Zelda, if you wanna play any of the Zelda games, they will be available for you to play on the Wii U. And I thought, I'm like, wow, okay, like that would be such a cool system to get, but there's no way you can find one now. There's no way you can find one today, especially, you know, that's cheap enough to kind of justify it. And surprisingly, a lot of people are selling their Nintendo Wii U's for like less than, at least in Canada, for around like 150 Canadian dollars. And obviously if you pay a bit more, you can get like, you know, the, the controllers, maybe a game, maybe this or that or whatever. And I was like, wait, so technically if I buy a Nintendo Wii U, that would be the equivalent of me buying the HD remaster for the Skyward Sword thing that's coming out. And apparently there's a rumor going around that there's going to be a double pack HD remaster for the Wind Waker and Twilight Princess coming later on. Or they might even be separate. I think it's not confirmed, but it's very possible that they either come together or they come separate, right? And in my brain, I'm like, wait, so it's possible I might have to spend 180 USD for these three games, whereas I can pay like, that's USD, right? So like, obviously like it'll be a lot more in Canada, but if I pay like like 100 or 120 USD to get a Nintendo Wii U and just go on the eShop and find these games for cheaper, like these are cheaper. Obviously the Skyward Sword game will not be HD, but it will, it's still, it's like $29 and it's cheaper and you can still play it. Like I'm sure it still looks fine. And the, the, the Twilight Princess, and the Wind Waker games are both in HD for the Wii U. And they're both actually cheap. Like Wind Waker is also like $29 or $30 or whatever. And I think uh, Twilight Princess was also around $50 or $60. So like, I'm like calculating my brain. I'm like, wait, so no, I can literally buy this console that no one bought and experience all these games that are coming out on the Switch. And then they're asking for all this money from me. And I was like, I was kind of like invested in this. So I have been reaching out to a few sellers to see 
if they if I could get this Nintendo Wii U, so I'll give you a more up a, 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 some sort of an update later on uh, in terms of you know what my experience was if I was able to get one or not. But you know, it just kind of tells you like why are we letting why are we letting Nintendo just get by with this? Why is this okay? We're okay with paying a full price for a HD remaster, and since it's Nintendo, you know that the game will never drop in par- price, right? So. Like it'll drop like maybe ten fifty dollars here or there because Nintendo just feels generous that day, but like that's kind of what upsets me is that we've kind of let them get away with this, right? Sony even with the Last of Us, Last of Us Part Two, I think after a few months or so the game was half price, so rather than sixty dollars you you could get it for thirty dollars. I I'm not I'm not sure if it's even cheaper now, but like you know most other exclusive titles for for any console any system always drop in price, but Nintendo just keeps it up. And it just comes to a point where I'm like, okay, okay, I get it. If it's if it's a mind-blowing experience, it's something so, so good that so much work was put in. It's hundreds and hundreds of hours of work and, and, and gameplay and everything in it. And I'm like, but that's not the case. This is Skyward Sword HD, first of all, the game that not a lot of people liked. It's like the most divisive 3D Zelda game out there. And most people, uh, it, I didn't sell that well, especially on the Nintendo Wii. Uh, and which was like surprising because Nintendo we sold like a hundred something million. So the fact that a game, especially a Zelda game, doesn't sell a lot on the Wii that tells you a lot. So it just comes down to like, wait, this game came out all that time ago. All those on the Nintendo Wii at that time when it was full price and no one bought it or like a bunch of people bought it but not as many. And you're just telling me that that game just being remastered into HD is enough for us to just for you to justify that yeah this has to be full price. Super Mario 3D World that was on the Wii U that came out on the Nintendo Switch just a, a week or so back has an extra component. It has something called Bowser's Fury, which is around five, six hours long. It's not like crazy long, but it is a separate thing when I'm like, okay, so if the base game was like 40 USD, this is like a 20 USD thing. So, okay, I can find some justification with that. At the same time, Super Mario 3D World also came out on the Wii U, the last generation of console for, for Nintendo. Not Nintendo Wii, which came out before the Nintendo Wii U, like in 2006. So like, it's just, for me, I keep, I like my comparison for this will be, you know how we all love God of War? What if, what if Sony said, God of War 1, the original one, the old school one that came out on the PS2, right? We're going we're gonna, to we HD remaster that game and we're going to put it on the PS5. But it's $60. Would, I, would anyone be okay with that? Right? Let's go to PS3. How about Uncharted 1, right? There's an Uncharted trilogy, by the way, which is, I think, available for free in most cases, or like really cheap. But a first Uncharted game, just to kind of compare to the, to the Nintendo Wii, because Nintendo Wii and PS3 came out at the same time. So the first Uncharted game, they're like, you know what? We're going to remaster this game, and it's going to be $60. Just that one game. That's not, just Uncharted. Not the other ones. Just one on its own. And I just kind of think about it like how... We're like just giving Nintendo a pass and how other companies won't be able to get by this, you know, get get past this like that. I, I just don't, I'm just finding a very hard time to accept this. And I, like, if I do uh, get Skyward Sword, it will be on the Wii U. I'll get on the Wii U. The way it's, gonna, it's still going to go to to um, to Nintendo. It's not like it's going to go to like some random person unless I can find like a physical version, like used version somewhere. It will still go to uh, Nintendo if I buy it from the eShop. But it's just like, I'd rather give them the $20 or $29 versus this full pricing for the Nintendo Switch. And I don't know, I'm just not, I'm not, I'm just not agreeing with 
their strategy because I had so much respect for Nintendo in terms of the work they put into the games and how much love they show when it comes to these games come out. Like you can see these games are done to perfection. Nothing like Cyberpunk, you know, it'll, it'll come out and it's perfect. And then they're like, okay, but you know, it's a Nintendo tax. You got to pay us. It's like, what? Like, you know, we just had a pandemic and everything like that. Like not everyone has money to just spend on anything, especially leisure stuff. You know, like I, I just wish they treated yeah, their their consumers with a bit more respect. But look, what do I know? The it's on the bestseller list right now for Amazon. I don't know if that's the case for everywhere, but at least in Canada, I have seen it pop up on the bestseller list a couple of times. So it is selling a lot. Uh, I I can't really say much. I mean, I am pretty interested in the Joy Cons. I will say that. So I am I am kind of falling for their trick, the the Skyward Sword HD Joy Cons. But otherwise, Nintendo, come on, just treat us with some respect, please. All right, so we'll move on to the games that I have been playing. I've been I've continued playing Final Fantasy fourteen. I'm like ten or twelve hours into the game. There's still a lot, and this is still a base game, and like this is a free trial still. So like, like I don't know if you're someone who has no other games to play and you're contemplating buying a game, buying a game like Final Fantasy fourteen, the free trial on your PC. I think it's also on the PlayStation. Like definitely give it a shot. Like this so much, so much, and the story is very interesting. It's like a proper Final Fantasy game. So it's not like don't expect like you know, WoW style, at least when I played WoW Classic, the WoW Classic style uh, MMO, where everything is just in like a little bubble in terms of you're just reading the story and everything like that. And, you know, the the a lot of the tasks are very mundane and everything like that. This is, the, the tasks are a little bit more engaging, a little bit more interesting. There's these things called duties, which is the equivalent of a strike in Destiny. Uh, and it's just kind of you with a couple of people going in, going through a bunch of enemies and then going against a final boss at the end. So it's, it, it is very good. I, I'm definitely committed because I do want to see all the way until the end of the base game and also Heaven's Word, which is the first expansion, which is, again, part, part of the free trial. And then I'm going to make a decision after that if I want to be a part of this MMO universe <laughs> and continue uh, playing Final Fantasy XIV. So far, all points, all, everything points towards me kind of doing that. I am really, really liking this. Uh, the other game I've been playing quite a bit is Destiny 2. I'm still back in. Uh, there's a new season that just started. It did a really good good job. Like I think the season, as long as you have Beyond Light, and maybe you need a season pass. I can't remember. I can't. I, I didn't really understand the whole thing. Like what you need to do, but basically, in this season of the Chosen, they have like a bunch of missions, uh, a new hub area, and a really cool quest, almost like a horror style quest to get this exotic weapon. And they added this, and I was like, I've never seen a Bungie do this for Destiny. Maybe they did, and I missed it. But after they're done with an expansion. When it comes to anything after that, I'm always like, it's, there's no, nothing really like that they add, like so, something substantial that they would add later on. And in this case, it actually feels like something big that they added. So for me, who bought Beyond Light, I'm like, wait, this is all part of this? Like I, I bought the Beyond Light DLC and everything like that. I'm just able to get in and play all this and have a great time. And I'm like, wow, this is actually making me want to keep playing Destiny. Like I haven't felt this way since... Like, I think the, when the first Destiny came out, or even Destiny 2 when it first came out. So I'm really happy. I'm really enjoying Destiny 2. I'm really surprised. So anyone that's, you know, really into Destiny 2 and hasn't played it for a while, I do recommend checking it out, especially with this new season. It's definitely worth your time. It's very surprising. It's very surprising how fun the game is, but definitely give it a, give it a shot. Like, if you are kind of waiting for it, or you were wondering if it's worth to get back into. The other game I just tried today on stream is Monster Hunter World Iceborne. So I play the base game. I play with a friend because I'm pretty bad at this game and he kind of helped me out. 
And I started playing Iceborne because Monster Hunter Rise is coming out. I have pre-ordered it. I'm pretty excited for it. I know giving Nintendo my money, but I'm pretty excited for Monster Hunter Rise to be able to play it with Sebi, who has been on the show. And I was like, you know what? I have Iceborne. I still haven't even touched it. I haven't played Iceborne. I played the base game. So I'm like, okay, but I was initially I was worried. I'm like, wait, if I play Iceborne, uh, will my level from the base game in any way impact it? Because when I play Monster Hunter World, the base game, usually it takes people 30, 40 hours to finish it. But I was able to finish the whole game in like 12, 15 hours because I had Sebi who was already leveled up. So he was kind of going in, fighting all these monsters with his high level and I was very low level. And he was just kind of plowing through them without any issues. So I was like, okay, like, you know, like, will this be an issue? But like, luckily when you play Iceborne, it automatically levels you up to the point you need to be to play Iceborne. So I'm like, perfect, even better. So I started playing Iceborne today. I, I got through two monsters, surprisingly, I have no idea how, but one of the monsters I'm kind of stuck at right now, the third one, uh, is still kind of bothering me. But I do want to get back in. I'm surprised that I am kind of finding enjoyment out of this. Uh, I still stick by that the gameplay always, still to me feels a little clunky. It doesn't feel as responsive as something like Dark Souls or Bloodborne or Sekiro. And especially because that's kind of the style of game, I should say, where it is hard, where one hit by the monster or your enemy does a lot of damage. You know, you have to constantly monitor your health. You have to monitor other things happening, be it poison, this or that or whatever. So like because of those elements, it is kind of doing that. But then sometimes it's like, you know, you get staggered or your animation for your character takes a very long time. And it kind of takes you out of the moment, takes you out of the game. And it's like, it's like, come on, like, I, I, I don't know if you, I, I'll definitely post a couple of videos or a couple of clips of my experience with this, but there were a number of times where, you know, I'm trying to, trying to drink and it, it feels like, it looks like I've, I finished, but I didn't, but at the same time I get hit and all the health goes away and it says that I drank one of my potions, so I lost a potion, my health is basically back to zero and, you know, I'm like obviously running scared, I'm like, okay, I need to slowly get my player up because the animation is so slow, they slowly get up and I need to find a place to hide and drink, take, take another potion, you know, so it's like small, small stuff like that where I'm like, okay, like, in Dark Souls or Bloodborne, like there is that animation thing, right? For your drinking or whatever. But like, I just feel like I was more in control because in Monster Hunter, I've noticed that sometimes certain monsters, at least, maybe in Iceborne, I don't know if that's the case for all. But in Iceborne, at least, I'll, I'll make my way, kind of like in Bloodborne or Dark Souls, where you kind of make your way away from the, from the enemy or you know what their moves are. You're like, okay, they're going to do this move, so I'm going to quickly heal myself. But like when you drink like the SS flask or like you do the blood vial the bloodborne, it's still like relatively quick. It's, it's still, it's like, it's not like super quick, but it's still really relatively quick. In this case, it's so long that by the time, like I'm like, okay, I got a place, I'll start drinking and the, uh, the enemy is doing the move or the monster is doing their move. Like by the time I'm, I'm drinking and I'm halfway through the drink, like the enemy like the charges towards you and you can barely move, right? Whilst you're drinking this thing. And I'm like, okay, like, come on, like, this is just getting a little more, like, frustrating, right? Because it's just kind of luck at that point. Like, that's one of the things I liked about Sekiro and Dark Souls was, at the end of the day, you never felt like it was about luck. In this case, I'm always, like, focusing on luck when it comes to these enemies and how they respond to me and how they respond to their environment. And I'm like, okay, so I'm just gonna get get killed. You don't really get killed. You just fade and you just go back to your camp and you just come back. So it's not like, you know, it's not like, okay, it's game over. You just keep doing that and you can get through the enemy. So like overall, it's still like a lot easier than Dark Souls or Bloodborne, where if you do die, you do go back and you make your way back or whatever. In this case, you faint and you can just make your way back to the monster. And if you do a lot of da damage to the monster, that damage still remains. So 
that way it's like a lot better but i don't know i i, I just find it a little bit clunky if there's something i should do or something i should learn like let me know because i'm still trying to figure that out i'm trying to figure out what i need to do or what i need to improve to be able to kind of just play this game a bit better but i am enjoying this i'm definitely going to keep following through with this game i don't want to give up give up on it yet and i do plan on playing Monster Hunter World Iceborne, hopefully get finish the game, and then move on to Kingdom Hearts, which is a game that I've been excited for a very long time. I've never played Kingdom Hearts. And like I was a PlayStation kid growing up as well. So for me, like finally playing Kingdom Hearts and maybe possibly streaming it as well, I'm really excited for it because I wanna I wanna see what the love is for that game because I, like it's the same thing with Zelda. Like I wanna I, I'm at that age now. Like, I'm not that old, but I'm at that age where all these games that come out, the sequels or the newer games come out, and I see the love and the passion the fans have for that game or for that franchise. I want to, like, experience that, you know? I'm like, wait, I have the ability to be able to play those games, so let's do it. Let's try it. Let's see what the whole thing is, right? Like, I know those games won't hold up. I tried to play Psychonauts recently uh, with Sav Silva, and it was, it was horrible. It was a bad experience. I, like, please don't, like, just... Wait for Psychonauts 2 if it comes out this year. Don't don't bother trying to play Psychonauts 1, the PS2 version. But like, you know, some games do hold up or uh, and I think Kingdom Hearts, from what I read, does in some, some sense hold up. And that's what I'm hoping with Zelda because that's what I read as well for Zelda that it, it is a game that even to even now, at least N64 games onwards, that still does hold up quite a bit. So I'm like, okay, you know what? I feel like right now there's not a, a big sort of game out there that I really want to play. This is like the time for me to not only go over my backlog, but go over like the history of gaming in a sense and experience all these games that were revered and, and kind of started all these franchises and all these sequels and other games that are kind of based off of those games are out now, you know, to kind of see that the 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 old, like the, almost the ancestors of those games and how they came to be. So I'm pretty excited to try that out. So definitely I'll, I'll keep, keep everyone updated on that. So thank you so much everyone for joining. Really means a lot. Please email me for any questions, anything like that, at amandamangames at gmail.com. That's amandamangames at gmail.com. Uh, you can tweet at me, send me a message on Instagram, anything like that. Let me know if you're thinking about anything in terms of gaming, anything like that, any games I should check out. What do you think about the state of play? Uh, which we'll obviously, maybe we'll talk about it tomorrow. What do you think about Sony? What do you think about Nintendo and what they've been doing recently? And yeah, let me know. And thank you so much, everyone. Bye.